This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the National Alliance of Wine Growers and Distributors. Have you had your two glasses of wine today? The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. And River of Life Lutheran Church. Sunday services come once a week. How often do you? Welcome to this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Mark, I love it when the show starts with a musical interlude. On this week's most exciting episode of The Winefellers, we will meet NFL star and two-time Super Bowl champ Damon Heward. Since retiring from football, he has teamed up with Dan Marino and others to launch the highly rated Passing Time Wine. You get it, Mark? So, stick around. You'll want to hear this as well as listen to this week's wine tasting. But first, the news. To North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Winefellers News, you say that you don't have enough time to drink wine and work out? Relax, you can do both at the same time. A study suggests that drinking a moderate amount of wine makes you smarter? <laughs> Agreed! I've drank in wine a long time and I feel gooder at almost everything I do. You say your knees are still having a, a bit of an ache? Sounds like you haven't been taking enough wine baths. That and more on the news! Hey Joe, how's it going today? 
Oh, my gosh. Great, as always. It's oh, a happy Weinfellers Monday to you, Mark. I'm so excited about what we have coming up on the show today. It's probably going to be our best show yet. Uh, as we, always. We have uh, uh, some uh, wonderful wine that we're drinking. We'll get to that in a second. And later on, we're going to be talking to Damon Heward, who is a, yes. uh, a very famous uh, football player and uh, who now owns a winery uh, with him and Dan Marino. We're excited to see how he got into that and and uh, what it, where, where his passions lie in as far as uh, the the wine making process and the wine drinking process and uh, and uh, stuff I'd always wanted to know. Well, you got to say going from uh, the field, the football field to the wine field. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's not that big of a leap, Mark. How's that? Well, think about it. They're both fields. Yes. Okay. Yes, I see where you're going. That's, yes, that's a great. I mean, along with that, obviously comes, you know, think about it. You know, the, the, and I can't wait to hear of uh, <laughs> Damon's perspective later. But you know, each one I'm sure takes dedication and teamwork uh-huh. and you know all of these things. So looking forward to hearing hearing from him. Yes, me too. But first, let's get to the news. Oh, I forgot we were doing that. Oh yeah. Awesome. What do you got? April story. A health and fitness coach has decided to combine her dedication to exercise with her passion for red wine in a video that's become an online sensation. you got to be kidding me. Everyone who knows me, she says, I do love my wine, but also that fitness is a huge priority for me. I thought I'll incorporate two of my favorite things into the same concept. <laughs> Dubbed the wine workout story age 24, turns bottles of vino into hand weights and powers through push-ups with a sip of wine from a straw after each one. (laughs) April Story uses her coffee table as a bench and wine bottles as weights as she works out at home. Most of the comments Story has received has been positive as people tagged their friends and egged them on to get moving with a wine reward. Story went on to say, a lot of times people are trying to lose weight and they think you can't. Uh, have chocolate or you can't have bread or wine and I wanted to show them that it is not against the rules you have to use moderation everything in moderation including moderation that's right so what do you think about this uh, new wine workout that seems to be all the rage all the rage like what it's hit her twitter feed (laughs) (laughs) and her eight followers I mean come on why is this news well, I mean, because I, I think, you know, in today's world that you don't have enough time to exercise, you don't have enough time <laughs> to drink wine, as it said in the teaser. But, but you know, it's nice to know that you can do both. You can save time. You can do have Sure, fun. but okay. All right. Here's, here's my point then. Okay. All right. Hey, wouldn't it be great to watch a movie while you do it too? Sure. And then maybe also any number of other things. I've always, right? I've always wanted to learn how to ballroom dance. Yes. Watch a video on that. And so at some, at some point, see, we're... Here's here's a problem, okay. right? You try and squeeze too much yeah. out of a given moment of your life, and it's like it's like recording your uh, child's birthday party from behind a camcorder, yeah. right? You're you're living, you're not really in the experience. Yeah, right? well, Joe, you know, I, we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Listen, I I've come out. I've had my own workout. I didn't tell you about. No way. So yeah, I run six. I, I, I run I don't believe six this. miles a day with a Klondike bar in each hand as a weight. <laughs> now this this really worked out well until last Thursday when temperatures uh, here hit around the mid seventies. But you understand that was a way that I was able to combine two things I love: your love of eating Klondike bars and running. And running. 
That's right. See, <laughs> I I still think that it's look if they're both so important to you, uh-huh. just carve out enough time for each of them on their own. Joe, you sound like a European. <laughs> America, we can do it all. Well, we can, and we do. But I'm just saying, like, you know, ha- going on a hike, right? Yeah. Is a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. But going on a hike while also finishing yeah. your taxes, probably, like, not, you don't just want to knock those two things out so you can be done with them. Uh, I don't know. It seems like that would be a. I, mean, I guess like, I guess we're not talking about things good and bad things you do together, well, but like both things that you love. So if maybe if you love doing taxes, <laughs> then that sounds like a dream hike to you. Well, I think her point is that most people don't love working out, but they do love drinking wine. This is a way to combine both. So I think you're onto something like hiking and doing taxes, oh. uh, <laughs> having a steak and brushing your teeth. Uh, I'm just trying to think after of every bite <laughs> comes to mind. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Is we start to list off. Things that match working out and drinking wine, it doesn't, it sounds as pleasant as brushing your teeth while you eat a steak. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant. It does not sound good at all. I'm not going to try this, but I want to back up a minute because for a moment there, I thought you said that she has had custom dumbbells made that hold wine. No, they're just wine bottles. Oh, that she uses as dumbbells? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's, I mean, it's pretty good. Each wine bottle weighs whatever poundage it Some weighs. pounds, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, so, uh, we'll keep you, uh, we'll, we'll keep you apprised what happens. And if she needs a, a spotter for when she's lifting those heavy wine bottles. The magnums, yeah. You know, if she needs someone to help relieve the weight in the form of me drinking that wine out of the bottle, I'm more than happy to help. Here we go. What's next? Next story. Drinking wine makes you smarter, according to research coming out of Scandinavia. Oh, yeah. Some 5,000 Norwegians were followed over seven years in which both their alcohol consumption and cognitive abilities were measured. (laughs) The study showed that moderate wine drinkers demonstrated better results on cognitive tests. Other types of booze had no effect either way. But stopping drinking altogether appeared to make the women in the study perform less well on the cognitive tests. Mm. The authors conjectured that the effects could be related to the presence in wine of a number of antioxidants oh, and other micro elements that may help reduce the risk of uh. cognitive decline <laughs> with aging. Of course. How could I not see this one coming, Mark? It's the <laughs> antioxidant properties of certain molecules in wine. Let me tell you something, Joe. I've read enough of these stories on, on air where I'm about to lose it. <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, you know, people. Uh, so in my older in my life, uh, my old career, I was uh, in the science industry. Yes, you so were. To, yes. So to speak. And let me tell you a problem so to speak. with these studies. The problem with this study is that. It relies on people who already do what they do, and they already, they're already in the category that they are, and then some researcher decides to follow them for seven years and see what happens or whatever. And the problem is, is that these are people you have not randomly put in groups, wine drinker, not wine drinker, whiskey drinker, woman, man. These, these are people who, who uh, have, have already started drinking wine, have already uh, had whiskey before the uh, wine drinkers or whiskey drinkers before the study started. And these, uh, there might be a, uh, something just inherently different with someone who drinks wine versus someone who drinks whiskey. Well, of course. 
And so to say that, you know, it's due to the wine, it could be to a number of things. And that's a problem with a lot of these studies, but a lot of these studies seem to hit the airwaves and it makes it seem like that there's something really special being uh, found here. You know, it makes me, it reminds me of uh, Mark Twain on the scientific method, right? Which is basically how you've described it. Um, First, get your facts, he would say. (laughs) Yeah. Then... Distort them at your leisure. Right. So, you know, there, there are better ways to do studies and, and you know, ran blind, uh, randomized trials, yes, things like that. double blind but even. But this, is, this, is, uh, this retrospective stuff or uh, prospective stuff doesn't really work too well. But at any rate, uh, this is probably the 50th study we've read that says that. Uh, <laughs> and we, we've been actually meaning to get in on this uh, moneymaker here. Yes. To, you know, I, because I think we had, didn't we, weren't we talking about many different wine studies? Like, uh, for example, we could study the effects of wine at different altitudes. <laughs> right. And you'd have to do a lot of traveling. Right. Would be involved in the study. Sea level. Well, that's you a, know, that's, that, uh, and that makes my point. Mountain. Yeah. And people, we, f- we find that people who live at higher altitudes, uh, they live longer when they drink wine and, you know, <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, it's like, hey, these people who live longer, for some other reason, also drink wine. Therefore, it must be the wine. Yeah, that must be the wine. Uh, I can't stand it, Mark. But we got to mix those in every now and then. A story about how wine is a cure-all. And maybe it is. Yeah. Know. Who knows? But, you know, it's uh, <laughs> well, we have to uh, wait for some better studies come out to, to, to make that clear. Oh, my goodness. Okay, right, right, right. So Moving our, along. Our last story. About a year ago... Uh, NBA star uh, Amari Stoudemire underwent surgery to repair his knees. One reason why the surgery was considered to be successful was a new red wine treatment. For over six months, the Knicks big man had taken red wine baths at a spa to help his body rejuvenate. According to Stoudemire, quote, the red wine bath is very important to me because it allows me to create more circulation in my red blood cells. Plus, it's very hot, so it's like a hot tub, but it's also the red wine just kind of soothes the body. According to the... I bet he never heard the end of this. According to the Caudalie Vinotherapy Spa in the renowned Plaza Hotel in New York City, grape polyphenols fight against free radicals which cause 80% of skin aging. In addition to their exceptional antioxidant power, uh, polyphenols reinforce microcirculation, protect elastin and collagen fibers, and prevent the destruction of the fundamental elements of the skin's supportive tissues. So (laughs) Stoudemire said the wine baths he soaks in are mixed with water, but that the majority is wine. Uh, He follows up a bath treatment with a 90-minute massage. Oh, yeah, well, that couldn't be helping him at all. No, it's the wine. Stoudemire also moves between a variety of tubs at different temperatures. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. The the treatments available to those who can't afford to have three yeah, different wine that, baths that, a yeah, day. Yeah, that's what happens when you have, yeah, you have yeah, more money than you know what to do with, and you just have to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I hope, he, I hope, so, like, you know, like if you, um, when the bread goes past the expiration date, yeah, or it's like on the date of expiration, yes, you'll bring it to the food bank and they'll be able to use it because it hasn't technically expired yet. Right. I hope they did something with with this wine when he was done with it. Well, actually, they asked him uh, about the the quality of the wine. How oh, you're it kidding me? They asked him about that, and Stoudemire, Stoudemire <laughs> responded. Um, 
uh, he hopes it's good quality wine. He doesn't know because he's never tasted. <laughs> well, see, now here's a perfect example of how you could do two things at once and it would work. Take a bath, bath and, and drink, drink wine. wine. Now, now you're on. Okay, to I'm on to something. Now that makes sense. We've all had the shower beer, right? And now, but I just, to me, I mean, I get it. Uh, you, it would work, but to be slouching in the tub. And then just sliding down to so your lips get to le- the water level and slowly slurping off the top just doesn't sound appetizing. Especially anymore. if you've had if you consume too much wine and then like you're not taking a bath anymore because there's no more wine left in your tub. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Oh, uh, like, honey, could you please? Uh, I'm in the I'm in the bathroom. Could you please pour more wine, wine. <laughs> in the tub? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I don't know, Mark. I mean, we've read about these places in Japan, right? We've introduced yeah, those those places to our listeners. Yeah. You can go there and, and bathe, but those are public wine baths. See, the thing is, is that this is someone who, you know, wants their knee helped after surgery. You know, this is a surgery-related issue. And, you know, when you bathe in wine, this is something, the wine is affecting the outside. Yeah. It's not getting in yeah. there. You have uh, to understand that. I, I think I think I know what's going on here. What's that? Okay. You know how medical expenses up to a certain amount, uh, within a certain range, are can be considered uh, tax deduction? <laughs> this is a tax if deduction. If his doctor, yeah. if he can find a doctor to write him a prescription <laughs> for, wine for four cases of 1990 oh, Lafitte. Oh, there you go. And he says uh-huh. that he's pouring it in his bathtub. He has to say it, or the IRS is going to show up at his door. And, they, and there's probably someone has taken a picture of him in a bathtub with wine in it. In oh, his. or just water with food coloring, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy's Red not taking number a five. He's not taking a bath in wine. <laughs> this is a, munder, a money laundering operation, Mark. Yeah, that's smart. That's brilliant, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's really smart. <laughs> we came across a number of of. <clears throat> remember, we had a story on. Uh, months ago when we first went on air uh, in the UK that that doctors could now prescribe wine mm. a, a, yeah. a, as a medical necessity. Yeah. And it had all sorts of far-reaching uh, consequences. This, I mean, this, I really think we're on, I mean, yes. I mean, if, you, if we can get a doctor to write a prescription that I need to take a wine bath before my psoriasis whatever <laughs> and you need you need to be driving around in a 5 series BMW be that would be even better right uh, well who knows well i mean because you know he could come up with any number of reasons he's a doctor that's right it's just i'm a doctor here's what i'm here's what my patient needs yes the problem well, who are you yeah. to question me and my patient yeah and i'm sure your physician will be more than happy to write your prescription for your <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. And I don't think insurance is going to cover it, Mark. Uh, no, but I think uh, you know this. You know this is the issue with these with these uh, these stories. I- I'm sure wine is helpful. I mean, we you know we're in the wine biz. We're you know? in the wine biz, and, and 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 we love wine, and we love to drink wine. Love it. But I I rarely make the claim that wine is going to <laughs> do something more than make me happy that I'm drinking wine. I mean, you know. Oh, I've never been like needing to go, you know, get uh, some ibuprofen or maybe even like a ban- a butterfly bandage for like a, a big cut in my hand. Yeah. And think, 
Wait a minute. Where's the wine? Yeah. See, wine, wine's good enough by itself. It sells itself. <laughs> it's just that good. <laughs> yeah. It's like you go to the wine store and they're like, you know, you can drink this stuff too, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. In addition to bathing yeah. and reducing your cancers and, and all that's this. That's right. And, that. and, yeah, and, making and when you're done with it, you can and, drink it all. Yeah. No, no, no. S- number one selling point, you can get drunk off of it. Yes, and it's, <laughs> and it tastes good, and it tastes good. But it's never like um, you never. God doesn't go into a wine store and says, well, "What have you got here?" And the, you know, he's shown all the bottles on the shelves and 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 says, "So, sir, I understand you're trying to sell me some wine. What exactly is this going to do for me?" <laughs> and it's like, well, you can drink it and it tastes good. Mm, what else? You haven't sold me. You, <laughs> I guess in a pinch you could bathe with it. Sold. Sold. <laughs> How much you got? <laughs> now that's a good way to sell like the boxed wine. Because it's cheap. And a lot of it. And it's, you know, you need a lot of it. I get it. <laughs> I do too, man. Um I don't know though, Mark. Um, we're about to bust into some some wine of our own. That's right. Um, and I think that uh, when we're talking about that here in a minute, that we're not going to need uh, to discuss bathing at all. In fact, I've moved past it. Okay, we'll just all talk right, about I, I just, how the wine tastes and how much we like it. I just don't want to do that. We're moving on with the pairing. And wine, y'all. But now, my favorite segment of the week. Your good fellers, Mark and Joe, explore the exciting world of tasting and pairing wine. And remember, we're always on the lookout for suggestions from you. So let's pop the cork right now on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. I do. Well, Mark, here we are sharing a bottle of wine. Now, this is an unusual wine tasting segment, probably the most unusual one we've had because for the first time, Joe brought this bottle. I brought in the wine. Joe, what are we drinking? Well, this is a bottle of wine, and it is... (laughs) I'm just joking, Mark. This is a great bottle of wine here. This is a 1978 Louis Martini. Cabernet Sauvignon, and this is uh, a winemaker that you turned me on to. That's right. Uh, so this, these, the, uh, so the Martini wines. These are wonderful wines, and it's one of Napa's most historic wineries. They started around 1922 and uh, became one of the first and most successful, successful large wineries in Napa Valley. And uh, these are one of the guys that started it all. You know this. Uh, there are just like a like a handful of wineries out there back in the day, and uh, who recognized that Napa was a really really good place to grow grapes and make good wine, and so uh, Joe has done us a huge solid today with a 1978 mm-hmm. bottle of Martini Cabernet Sauvignon, and this is uh, we're trying it, and uh, now we opened it up uh, before the show. We did, and I'm glad we did. Yes, it was. Uh, even though the wine was uh, as old as it is, it actually could it it, it was did well as we opened the bottle up. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about on the show before, sometimes especially with young wine, when you open it up, it helps it breathe, it helps it evolve. But even with older wines, sometimes when you can kind of get this dirt flavor, uh, this barnyard flavor, and older wines, and it can uh, that can all burn off 
quickly if you just kind of let it open and kind of aerate for a while. And that's what happened to this wine. Exactly. The, the flavors, the aromas have all just kind of exploded out of this wine over the past 15 minutes here. And <clears throat> I, uh, I picked up an interesting uh, pairing, Did uh, you? food pairing for this. Okay. Now, uh, you can see him sitting here. Ah, there you go. <laughs> um, what, what I've done is uh, <laughs> okay. I wanted to get cheese and crackers, Mark. Okay. Right, but they didn't have any of those uh, prepackaged ones with the little red spreader plastic spreader oh, in there yeah, it's they didn't very, have them very nice and the only thing on the way here is is the bp right yeah and so i go in and i'm thinking this is a delicious wine okay i've had it before uh the 79 special reserve that was a little bit better in my uh, opinion uh, but i knew the ballpark of the wine that, that we were going to be drinking today and so I went in there with with this in mind. I don't want to overpower the wine. Remember when when uh, Jennifer uh, brought in jalapeno poppers? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, and we were drinking rosés with that. Yeah, that. Uh, and it just completely blew my mouth off. Yeah, we couldn't taste the wine from that. And that's you know important pairing point. And I think you did well with this pairing coming up. Yeah. So so I so I walked in. I, I immediately I want something delicate with this wine. That's right. So I go to the chip aisle, of mm -hmm. course. Um, there was either either that or the um, uh, motor oil aisle, right. and so I went to the chip aisle, and uh, I got some of these Cape Cod kettle chips. Right? Oh wow! Thank you. Let me open this guy up right here. Uh, now this I got two two kinds here, Mark. Uh, yeah. I, I got the original kettle cooked potato <laughs> yes. chip and the salt and mm. pepper. Now the reason I got the pepper, mm, mm, nice. Reason I got the pepper is because I have had cab cabs before. That have a very peppery uh, flavor mm -hmm. aftertaste, and I thought, you know what? I wonder uh, how that pepper flavor would interplay with this wine. And so I'd like you to try one mm. of each chip with the uh, with the wine, mm -hmm. and tell me which one—the original or the sea salt and cracked pepper. Which one of those is better there? All right, you've just tried. I just the, tried the pepper, and I had some wine, mm -hmm. and now I'm trying the, the plain. All right. I'm trying the wine. Yeah, I'm very curious uh, to know what you'll think there. Yeah, I think you're, I see where you're going with this because this Cabernet is a little peppery. The wine itself is. I have I noticed that about uh, this particular uh, wine. It's and very I thought, nice. To me, I think I, th I, I like the cracked black pepper and sea salt. I think you're absolutely right. I think it pairs really well uh, with this wine. And if you're playing at home, uh, open up your 1978 bottle of uh, <laughs> martini and your uh, uh, sea salt, sea salt and, and uh, pepper, black uh, Cape pepper. chips, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's actually a very nice pairing. Good you job. Want, I really like it. I appreciate that, man. Um, now, while we're on the subject of um, of wines, yes, okay, <clears throat> um, we're just letting loose today on the wine fellers. Okay, Mark. All right, all right. Um, we've. Uh, We've and, and while I tell this story, Mark, if you wouldn't mind just pouring a little more wine in my glass. Oh, sure, you got it. Um, why don't you put that in the mic there, just to get a little, um, little a, sound effects. It is beautiful wine, by yeah. the way. It's very nice. There it is. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> two things, Mark. I want to talk about. Uh, it was brought to my attention recently mm -hmm. <clears throat> that uh, some people might be sound averse. To our chewing sounds on the oh, radio. Oh no, that's impossible. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I mean, yes, 
couple weeks ago, <laughs> we ate bugs. We paired bugs with wine. And I, I, could, I get that. When we made the crunching sound with the beetles in our mouth, that was- Oh, yeah. We didn't make the sound. It was the sound of beetles being crushed. It was the sound of beetles being crushed. <laughs> in our jaws. Yeah. And that, I can see that being a bit much. But, uh, you know, chips, you know, everyone loves to chips and loves the sound of chips. And I think they purposely made, I think they purposely make uh, chips, uh, 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 they make them loud. And so- I, have, I don't see any of that, and I've, though maybe you've heard of uh, that complaint. I have, and and <laughs> you know we'll let our own listeners decide. I'm sure some people actually like it's comforting, probably to have that sound. But but I'm going to forego the eating of food. I'm going to tell a story here. Okay. All right. Um, because it's kind of in honor of uh, of our guest we have on today. And for those who are just joining us, <laughs> we're, you're listening to the Wine Fowlers, and pretty soon after the wine tasting, we're going to have Damon Heward, uh, Super Bowl champ, and he's going to tell two us time about Super Bowl champ. Balls, he's going to tell us about his new wine ventures. But let's uh, let's hear your story. So when you uh, texted me, and you said you're never going to guess who I who I got to come on the show. Okay. And I'm like, all right, I'm thinking, uh, who is it this time? Right? Because yes. you're, I know you're in contact with a lot of famous, you know, celebrities and their wineries and uh, musicians, actors, sports players, and so, you know, uh, so what do I do? I throw my hands in the air and I'm like, well, I'm never gonna know who. So tell me. <laughs> and you said uh, Damon Heward, and I immediately <laughs> was like, that son of a gun. <laughs> And Mark's like, what? And I said, I, I'm actually connected to Damon. So, yes, for those uh, who are listening, how are you connected to Damon Heward? We, uh, In an intimate way, I think. All right, so um, the year, of course, was uh, 2004, mm-hmm. Super Bowl 38. Uh, Patriots versus the Panthers. Okay. All right. Now this was the la- uh, uh, 2003 season, right? And uh, Damon was uh, was on that the Patriots team at the time, and we're over at our friend's house. Hmm. And um, what what what's <laughs> <laughs> he basically is responsible, and not directly. He was a part of the whole machine that was responsible for a French bulldog. <laughs> Uh, can I can I yeah, say this ahead. on the radio? I think you can. Um, urinating <laughs> on my eight-month-old child. <laughs> now, <laughs> now before he gets to the story, after he's done, trust me, it will make sense. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> right, and so here we are uh, at our friend's Super Bowl party. Yes, we're new parents. They were kind enough to invite us. We got the baby in the little car carrier thing, okay? <laughs> yeah. And we've uh, we've walked inside. They've greeted us. It's a whole party going on. It's Super Bowl, man. Yeah. And we're so psyched that the Panthers are in it. And uh, as the game nears the end, mm-hmm. right, and um, <clears throat> after that field goal, it's clear that we're not going – to win this. Uh-oh. Pete, my good friend Pete, picks up his bulldog <laughs> and wheels around <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs his frustration at this. And this poor dog had didn't know what was going on. It released a huge stream that only a bulldog could. Uh, now, now, 
and it, <laughs> the poor guy was holding the dog with it, f- screaming into the air. Yeah. He didn't see what was happening in front of him. <laughs> right. And there were like six of us sitting there, and for the entire 10 seconds that that dog pissed, it just went all over my daughter's forehead. Yeah, it's like a lawn sprinkler on, yeah, I get it. Now, um, no one could see this except my wife and I. Oh, gosh. Okay, now that puts us in a pretty awkward situation, Mark. Do you just quietly whisk the child away and clean her up? Or two, fight the guy? Or three, let him live his life in ignorance of this? Or four, just continue to watch the game. <laughs> the kid will get a bath at some point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that And that is my relation to well, Damon here. Uh, and, you know. I'm sure he had no idea what was going on at the time. Oh, he probably had some idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if he's listening before the show, but uh, we'll give him a chance to respond and you sure. know make amends. Sure, sure. Absolutely, Mark. <laughs> One, one. I'm sipping grapes down the lobby when the server finds and gives me bug a refund to souffle pate crevole and ratatouille. We'll lay him back on cruising while well, it's a duty. Hands me reach for glottos and bavana mantra, sigle or monte conti. Pitch your slow to margo, lifting moot and left pillow on a scene. Feeling buzz, I need to get out, drop a load for taking for hurry. Driving too fast, top down sideways, rocks are off of my Bugatti. Piper has a button, shin and crook and coupe in the pair. I drop my speed up, self fast, cast off the debits and zippy clunkies. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Night Train, Boots for Manson, Mogan, Data. Book on tip queued up inside a voice and no one kicker speed. Cause I got Mark's book on computer simulated universe. I'm like Sam and Harris, hit Chen, Grade and Square. I'm a poser, Tito, Gangster, and I don't, don't want your pair. I'm like Sam and Harris, hit Chen, Grade and Square. I'm a poser, Tito, Gangster, and I don't, don't want your pair. I'm like your solar flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito, Gangster, and a wine fell air. Like your solar flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito, Gangster, and a wine fell air. Chick, her name is Sam and Mella. My old friend, Joy, her dead dog brother, he is known as the other one, Bella. At the club, we rock it out, I order single malt up, and he's bought whiskey. Yamaziki, Nika, Gushu, then we find some Abiki Centauri. Reesburg, Latas, and the Vinyl, Mantra, Sejal, or Monte Conti. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Nitro, and Boots for Ransom, Mook, and David. Like Sam and Harris hit Chen Grade and Square. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and I don't, don't want your pair. I'm like hair. Sam and Harris hit Chen Grade and Square. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and I don't, don't want your pair. I'm like hair. Solar flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and a wine fell air. I'm like hair. Solar flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito Gangster, and a wine fell air. Cause I got Mark Super Gun Computer Simulated University. Damon Heward 
is one of the most famous quarterbacks in University of Washington history. After college, he played for 12 years in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots, and Miami Dolphins. Heward won two Super Bowl rings with the Patriots in 2001 and 2003. While he was with the Miami Dolphins, he befriended Dan Marino, who owned a large and diverse wine collection. They talked about starting a winery together when they both retired. After Heward retired, he found the right winemaker, Chris Peterson, who was known for making big Washington Reds. Heward and Marino's wine is called Passing Time. Their first released vintage, a 2012 Cabernet, earned 94 points by Wine Advocate and 93 by Wine Spectator. Damon, welcome to this week's Wine Fellers. Damon, are you there? I am here. Fantastic. Thank All you. Right. Thank, Thank you, you for so joining so much us. for joining us on the show. Yeah, great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, we uh, one question we have for you is that... Um, uh, <laughs> well, we've got a lot of questions, We have a lot of Mark. questions for you, and okay. uh, the, the most important question we like to ask all our guests, uh, and uh, it's, it's live radio, and I think people like to hear this, the answer, they like to hear the answer to this question, is that what <laughs> got you... Uh, into wine in the first place because everyone sort yeah. of has a story about that. Uh, some people, sure. their parents were into wine. Some people, they picked it up along the way. Some people had a, right. an epiphany moment. Uh, how was it for you? Sure. How did you get into uh, first appreciating wine before you became yeah. a, 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 a into the wine biz? Right. Well, you know, being honest, I had to move 3,000 miles from my home state of Washington to South Florida and to invade my uh, teammate, uh, the older, wisely veteran Dan Marino's uh, wine cellar to learn about Washington wine. (laughs) And uh, this was in South Florida. Uh, It's really a cool story. Danny um, had a buddy who worked at uh, Southern, a distributorship, and had kind of turned him on to some Washington State wines in the late 90s. This is kind of 97, 98, 99, right in that time frame. And kind of the Washington wines, price-to-score ratio, were kind of just coming onto the scene, and they were real exciting. Wines like Andrew Will and Cole Solari and Colcita Creek. And and Danny had these in his cellar, and he'd be like, Damon, you ever had any of these wines? You know, they're from your hometown. In your own neck of the woods. I'm awesome. Like, no, I couldn't really afford them as a poor college kid, <laughs> but, uh, but they were good. And and the bug bit, and we kind of always talked about one day when I was done playing football and retired and back home in the Northwest to to dive into this wine thing and potentially make a wine one day. And, and here we are, uh, all these years later, with passing time. Wow, that's uh, that's really cool because um, you know most you hear a lot of stories about folks uh, you know uh, transitioning from one. Uh, one job to another, or one field of study to another, and to hear that you know you've uh, as kind of a American sports hero in a way, going over to wine and actually making great wine. Um, it's it's kind of a, a pretty cool story. It is a cool story, but you know, if I'm being honest, one of our biggest challenges, especially that first year, was people taking us seriously. And is this some vanity project that you know a couple of former athletes slapping their name on a bottle of wine? Um, you know, I, I think that the product itself, I think, speaks that that's not what this is at all. You know, for one, you know, Dan Marino's name is not on the label anywhere. You know, obviously on our website, we talk a lot about our fun story and how we met and you know had this passion for wine and whatnot. But you know, this really, truly is 
is about the wine, really about Washington State, you know, where I come from. Um, you know, one other cool little layer to the story is my great-grandparents were some of the first Concord grape growers in the state of Washington in the early 1900s. Wow. And my dad grew up over there in eastern Washington and played in these same horse heaven hills that uh, we're sourcing the fruit from. There's a Heward Road in Grandview right next, next to Dick Boucher's famous vineyard, one of the oldest vineyards in the state. So you know, I have all these really cool ties. That's kind of another fun thing with this story, kind of getting back to my family's agricultural roots. And so it uh, it, re- it really is fun. And uh, and, and certainly, uh, I believe the Washington wine industry in so many ways is still in its infancy. And so to be a part of this thing as it continues to grow is a lot of fun for us. Well, and obviously your contributions to the wine industry in Washington, I'm sure, have, have not gone un- gone unnoticed. You know, yeah, everyone here has been great. I mean, I really, truly believe that, you know, high tide rises all ships, and so many of the, these these farmers and these uh, other winemakers, uh, Paul Shampoo, Shampoo Vineyard, played high school basketball against my dad. He's been incredible to me. Uh, Sadie uh, Dury, who runs Seven Hills, uh, a famous vineyard in Walla Walla, have been so good to me. And then a lot of these other these winemakers, Chris Camarda from Andrew Will, Charlie Hoppus from Fidelitas, uh, Paul and Alex Galit, and Equal Creek, all these guys have certainly showed me the ropes over the years to help get us to this point uh, uh, with our wine. Well, it must be like a really tight knit community, it sounds like. It really is. Yeah, like I said, I think, you know, everybody's in it together in a lot of ways. Just, you know, we all love our wines here in Washington especially, but, you know, you go uh, across the country and, you know, you're not going to see a lot of them every once in a while. You know, maybe our biggest producers, you see Chateau Saint-Michel and Columbia mm-hmm. Crest and, um, do great jobs. They produce lots and lots of wine at all kinds of different price points. But um, certainly the high-end the boutique wineries that, you know, maybe making only a couple thousand cases a year, uh, you don't see that. Uh, you don't see a lot of them across America, and we hope to make a difference with that. Well, I think that's it's great what you're doing for Washington State wines. I think most people, especially in this part of the country where we're broadcasting from, uh, you know, when they think of wine, they think of Napa Valley. Uh, mm-hmm. They might think of some other regions, but uh, those in the know realize that Washington State uh, has some of the best uh, cabs in the country, if not the world. And uh, there are many people out there who even prefer Washington State cabs to. Uh, uh, to nap, to absolutely, nap cabs. and absolutely. so, uh, and and the and the people you've uh, teamed up with, like Quesada Creek, and uh, some others, they're really well known in the uh, in the business for producing some of the best wines in the world. So it seems like uh, right. you uh, really uh, were able to solicit the right uh, help and the right people. Um, yeah. How, how does how does it uh, how do you go about uh, choosing? We know who you're going to source from, which grapes you're going sure. to use, um, the yeah. production methods. I mean, is there a, uh, you know, is there is there a, a game plan, so to speak, that you decided to set out on before you did this? Sure, you know, great questions. Um, you know. Is there a roadmap, a game plan? You know, in all honesty, I did. I just talked to as many people as I could, um, and and everyone does it a little bit differently. But I will say this: I think, you know, the biggest thing that we have going for us was these relationships, and because of these relationships, we were able to, you know, source fruit from some of these older, established vineyards over in eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, Washington is very different than the rest of the uh, wine-growing world in so many ways. In that, you know, in, in Napa or the old world in France. 
Italy, it's kind of like, you know, you have your chateau, you have your vineyard right there next to you, you pick your grapes, you make your wine. Well, here in Washington, a lot of our vineyards are really out in the middle of nowhere in mm-hmm. eastern Washington. And, and a lot of our wineries are over here on the western side of the state. There's a mountain range, if you think of Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, all that fun stuff that really divides the two states. And people are probably thinking of Washington State as this place where it rains all day and big trees <laughs> and it's green and the Emerald City. But that mountain range really holds in all the rain on the west side. Eastern Washington is very dry and arid where all of our grapes are grown. So a lot of the wineries are over here in western Washington. We source fruit from these different vineyards in eastern Washington. And a lot of these are five, six, you know, four hours away from here. So um, we, but because of that, we think our wines can be really interesting. You know, we source fruit from eight different vineyards. We bring it all into our house, and then and then we make the most interesting wine. So, and, and all of these places, these different vineyards, they're so different. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, right now, passing time in 2012 and 13, we just made one wine, a Cabernet from the Horse Heaven Hills. And, and with the 2014 vintage next uh, next spring, we're going to release three wines, all Cabernets from the three places in Washington that we think do it best. Walla Walla, Red Mountain, and always our flagship, Horse Heaven Hills. And these wines, these Cabernets, same varietal, same vintage, so different. And we are really going to celebrate those differences. Yeah, in fact, uh, when I uh, went to the uh, Passing Time website, I saw that you were planning on uh, on doing this. And mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I was actually pretty uh, shocked to, to read that each location uh, would offer up a completely different uh, flavor or or palate uh, and uh, and and that's exactly what you're saying now. And that's what we're trying to do. I think you know there's so many great wineries out there, and and we want people to think of passing time as the place to go taste Washington Cabernet. And like I said, from those three different places, and then celebrate those differences. You know, Walla Walla. You know, it's very some very famous vineyards from or wineries from there. Leonetti, uh, along with Colcita Creek, probably the two most famous uh, wineries in the state. Woodward Canyon also hails from Walla Walla, and Walla Walla is in one of the southeastern corners of the state. It's a little bit cooler than than some of the other places we source the fruit from. Uh, the wines are a little more old world in style. Uh, I'm not going to say light, but definitely lighter on its feet from the other two places we're making wine from. Red Mountain is right in the smack dab middle. It's a it's a southwest facing slope, and it's maybe one of the hottest spots in the state of Washington. It's beat up by the wind. The grapes really struggle with uh, the, the environment they're in, and it makes them really interesting. You know, think of these big tannic uh, dark cherry flavors that come with Red Mountain wines and we, we love that style, too. And then the Horse Heaven Hills, I think, is kind of a combination of both. It, it, they're powerful, they're big, they certainly coat your palate on the, on the mid-palate and the long finish, silky finish, those kind of cocoa powder flavors. But there's also this floral, like, elegance to them as well. So all three of them, like I said, so different. But, but we want people to think, to, to appreciate those differences, because I always do when I taste these wines right next to each other. And the, the same varietal, just so different. And and you you guys are bottling those this summer. Is that what I was hearing? Yeah, we'll be bottling June ninth and June twenty second. So uh, about a month from now, we'll and and we'll be up to fifteen hundred cases. You know, our first nice. two vintages we only made five hundred cases. We sold through them, and so we get up to fifteen hundred cases. Hopefully, we can make make our way back east to you guys. Now, uh, and we're going to have to get our hands on on some of that when it's ready, Damon. Now, I've got a, a, a question regarding how. Um, you know, some NFL ties in with uh, wine and the alcohol business. And, and I, w- I wanted to get your thoughts on, on some of this. So 
I read that um, uh, last year. You know, we all know uh, we watch the games, we watch the Super Bowl, and we know that that Bud Light is uh, uh, is is uh, kind of the uh, beer of the NFL, so to speak. Um, That's what Peyton Manning said after he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't. I mean, uh, I didn't want to go there, but yeah, exactly. I mean, that is the uh, we all know it, right? And so, given that uh, they just, uh, I think they they've renewed their their sponsorship. I was reading through; it's something like the 2020 or 2022 Super Bowl. Um, and, and you know, the 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 value of these deals, you know, are staggering—hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even even more than a billion. Um, and it, 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 it makes sense, right? Uh, because uh, this sport ha- has these ties to these beer producers and obviously beer sure. beer drinkers. But um, where where do you think the place for wine is in the landscape of American football? Sure. Well, I think you know. Certainly, it depends where you are. You know, I think uh, in so many places, um, you know, the beer and then football and getting a hot dog and it's ninety-five degrees out. I mean, that, right. that's fun stuff, right? But but I think you know, there, there's certain uh, parts of the country that, that that certainly you know appreciate wine, and I also think it's something as players as we age, you know, we can't drink beer like we used to. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you really you really do appreciate the fine wine and especially with food i mean that's where where food and wine just are magical together and and so many good times with families and friends or around that dinner table and and and, and sharing a great bottle of wine and mm-hmm. so it, it definitely has its place and it and it's found its way i think into a lot of the club levels and corporate suites and whatnot where maybe there's some some finer food served and whatnot but um yeah but it, it's certainly a part of my life and Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as 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 you get older, your your, your palate, you know, really it just it just goes toward wine. At least you know mine has. Sure. And and, so, and for those of you who are just t- uh, tuning in, we are listening to Damon Heward. He has he runs Passing Time Wine, and he's a formal uh, former NFL football player, two times Super Bowl champion. And Mark. we're happy to have him on the phone. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I th- and I think uh, to to. To go on Joe, uh, more of Joe's point is that it's interesting that I find in this country that wine is seen a little bit more it's seen differently than beer. That wine's well, we're trying like, to fix that, Mark. Well, that's right. I think well, <laughs> wine is sort of seen like this sort of upper crust where people sit around and talk over. Oh, a, and it does not have to be. Yeah, and I think you and know not I, at in all. other other exactly. countries. I think that you know maybe wine is seen. Uh, maybe more pedestrian is uh, maybe the back of a better word. Not that oh. people who listen who watch football are that or pedestrian, but to say that that you know, I think that wine sort of has a connotation of of of. Um, I mean, if you sat in the stadium and drank your glass of wine with a hot dog, I think you would people would look at you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they they do offer wine in a can now, Mark. Yeah, that is true. They do. I have seen that, which is interesting. And uh, they, they also have it in a box. And, you know, and the other the other uh, phenomenon, at least at least I've noticed out here in recent years, and maybe it's global warming, but rosés have become really popular mm-hmm. uh, here in the Northwest. And so, yeah, and that's such a great summer sipper that, you know, you could, you could, you could enjoy at a ball game and 
But um, but yeah, I, I think it's such a, a, a seasonal and, and weather thing too. I know our big calves, they they seem to find their way uh, out of the cellars. You know, when the holidays roll around and Thanksgiving and kind of October, you know, it starts to cool off here. And and uh, but in the summertime, you know, the Sauv Blanc, the Rosé, mm-hmm. you know, you can drink those at stadiums all all summer long. I'd like to see some of these very wines. You know, make it into some. I think I think the can format, Mark, is yes. is the way to go here. But you can't. It's difficult to walk around with a glass, a stemmed glass. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're hanging out at a ball game. Now, d- now, when you True. do, you, do you uh, you know as you uh, continue this venture, and I'm sure you're obviously in contact with uh, your old buddies in the NFL. Uh, have you uh, made new converts into into uh, your wine or yeah. wine drinking in, in particular? Is it? Is it sure. kind of show, showing people the way, so to speak, as as uh, Dan Marino kind of showed you the way, see see the light, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I played 12 years in the National Football League, and everywhere I went after my time in Miami, um, you know, I was in New England for three and Kansas City for five, and I had a cup of coffee with the Niners before it was all said and done, and and I, <laughs> and I would, I would, I would be. Uh, I was basically working for the Washington Wine Commission at that time, just mm. selling Washington wines. I wasn't making a wine at that time, I but I was, you know, I'd, I'd go to every, you know, to every store that that would have it in Massachusetts. There were a couple little boutique places that carried some Leocol and and some some different Washington wines, Woodward Canyon, Andrew Will, and um, you know, I'd buy it, pour it, say, yes, yeah, where I come from, I want to make a wine one day. And Kansas City Total Wine was there, and so Costco was just kind of finding its way wine good wines were finding its way into costco's and so i was i was able to pour washington wine wherever i stopped along the way and um and, and very proud of, of the wines we're making from here so long range or what is your uh what's your outlook i mean is it something that you want to become another robert mandavi are you happy to be a smaller production mm-hmm. uh place or where i mean yeah. do you just kind of see see where your uh where passing time is going to be in three years yeah, you know, I think we want to get up to kind of around 2,000 cases. So we'll we'll, we'll be pretty small, um, you know, in the in the game. But but we are sparing no expense to try to, you know, make another great Washington Cabernet. And um, you know, whether it's bringing in more fruit than than we we use, we bulk off a lot of it uh, to get it right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we spend a lot of time and effort in our barrel program. We use 80% new French oak uh, with our wine. And, and then just the attention to detail in the cellar. When you stay small, I really think you can focus on quality. And I know our winemaker, Chris Peterson, and myself, we, are, we, we go through more blending trials. I couldn't imagine if we had any more wine trying to find the right uh, concoction to do it right. So staying small will allow us to, 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 to make the best quality uh, that we possibly can here in Washington State. Well, thank you. Uh, I love it. Yes, I love it. That's great, and we're looking forward to trying your wine. This is we've been listening to Damon Heward, uh, football star and uh, and, and winemaker, and he's and they're making wine now with, with him and Dan Marino, and we're so thankful to have you on the show. And please, we'd love well, to have you back again. Uh, thank and you, I Damon. Want to very some wine next time. I apologize. <laughs> oh no! About a w- two weeks too late. <laughs> I, <laughs> and next year we're jumping up production, so we'll get you guys some wine. And we'd love to join your show again. Oh, we'd love to hear. From we you. look forward to it. Thank you, Damon. All right, gentlemen. Have a great day. You, you too. too. Thank you. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. 
And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, loved, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another Fun, 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 fun,